Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, sister. How are you? Alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. I'm good. How are you? Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Very good. Jazakallah khair for joining us today on the Naqabi Diaries. Um, sister, could you please introduce yourself for us and tell us a little bit about what you do? Yes. Um, Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Uh, my name is Marin Althan. I'm a 17-year-old girl living in Stockholm, Sweden. And I go to high school in like 11th grade. I'm going to start like a few days when school starts. Uh, and yeah, I don't, I don't work anything. I have seven siblings. Alhamdulillah, it's quite a busy home. And, and yeah. MashaAllah, Alhamdulillah. So you're just 17. You're just 17, but you're wearing the niqab. So how long have you been wearing it for? I don't have exact time, but I've been wearing it for, I think, like almost half a year. Okay, Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. And what prompted you to want to wear the niqab? Well, it kind of all started with, like, with my um, dad, you know, passed away in 2016. I was 13. Yeah, and you know, when he passed away, I was really like shocked because how we, you know, died, you know, I was like, we had kind of an argument that was, you know, my fault. And when he died, I was really like regretful and angry. SubhanAllah, she'd be in myself, but I was, you know, suffering towards Allah. Mm-hmm. And I kind of just away from the religion. I wasn't that, I was like 13, so I was just getting into the religion, but I just, from the little I know, I kind of drifted away from it. And you know, some time, you know, went by and I saw a video about Allah and I just obviously cried and repented and whatnot. And then, you know, when you're kind of starting to practice again, your iman is like an, at an all-time high. Mm-hmm. And you have like, you know, you all, you want to do like everything, one go, and you don't, you know, take it slow. And, you know, that well, that was, that was, you know, what happened, what happened with me. And I started with a little bad. You know, I had some objections from the, you know, family. You know, they didn't mean in a bad way. It was just like they thought that that was, that was like really weird because where I live, it's a lot of older Somali women who wear it. Wear mm-hmm. it. And I make not the most innocent in the world. So they thought like, okay, you look like one of them and whatnot. So you can imagine when I started with the family, they were, you know, extra, you know, cautious about it and whatnot. Subhanallah. Yeah, so, yeah. so, so you mentioned that you're a student. Um, uh, are you are you um in college? I don't. I'm not sure exactly how it works in Sweden if it's the same as the UK. But you said you live in Stockholm. Um, so what's yeah. your experience um being a student and living in Stockholm itself? Like, how how do you think um people kind of perceive you wearing the niqab? I mean, so where I live isn't like a lot of. It's like. It's uh, mixed with Somalis and Arabs and Turks and whatnot. So a lot of Muslims. So where I live is not okay, you know, really awkward for me. But I mean, when I go to school, the the closer I get to school, the more secluded it is. Like more Swedish Swedish people or white people. Mm-hmm. So when I go there, I see this. I, I you know I feel and see the stairs and sometimes you may hear like the I mean, some murmurs and whatnot. I leave comments here and there. But you know when I go to school, Alhamdulillah. I thought that before starting school that I was scared that they wouldn't allow me to wear it. So I was like, you know, I was crying and, you know, 
saying to Allah, like, please, I'm trying to please you. Like, why? Like, you know, did you make it easy for me to just wear it? Mm-hmm. And I didn't tell them, like, you know, I want to live in Qabit. And when I started school, I didn't wear it, like, the first, like, maybe two or three months. So, you know, the third day when the school actually started, because the, two, the second, you know, the, when it's first and second was just that introduction, my, I saw Allah in the and I was like, what? So, you know, sometime after I approached her and asked her, you know, like how, you know, try to introduce myself. And I got to know that she went, she was in the last year and she, you know, went to school like the whole three years. The first day she started school was the first day she wore the niqab. So that kind of motivated me. I was like, wow, subhanAllah. I thought that. Yeah, she was really like inspiring me, and I was like, "Wow, she can do it. I can do it. I can do it." So, Alhamdulillah. So yeah, that's another easy. student in the school. Yeah, she's Evetram. She has. Uh, she was in the like the the last year. And okay. Sorry, the second. She's already graduating now. From okay. Alhamdulillah. So, how does it work in um your school? Is it till eighteen, or like how how what's the system like? It's 10th grade to 11th, so it's like 16, 17 to 18, 19. Okay, okay, yeah. mashallah. Okay, alhamdulillah. So you mentioned that um, your family, they kind of had a few reservations for you um, wearing the jilbab and the naqab. Is, do you think that's to do with safety? Um, and Or maybe they was worried about you because you was making a bit of a drastic change. Why do you think that was? I mean, I believe it's like for different reasons. Like, I mean, the the reasons was obviously because of the safety and mm-hmm. uh, they thought that, you know, be, because I just start, I, like I did, I didn't take, I didn't give it time. I just started like directly, like okay, I started with the jibab, and then maybe like a few weeks, uh, you know, after I started talking about the niqab and I wore that a couple of you know days after, and I just thought that that was too fast for me mm-hmm. and safety reason as well because they obviously was scared that when I go to school they would someone push me down the train you know rails and know. you know or beat me up or something so I understood where, where they you know came from and some of my family members were more um opinionated than others you know my my younger sibling they was like I don't care let me let me you know like leave me alone I don't care do whatever you want mm-hmm. others was like oh like why did you wear it like they, they really tried to you know um, understand like why I want to wear it yeah others were you know kind of respectful they was like no that's not even a part of, um, a part of the religion or you doing it because you're like you're not you insecure but you face something you know and I was that made me angry but I I try my best to understand that they are are you know trying their best to come from a good place anyway because they they, they are my family so yeah I, I, no one was really like on my side you know so yeah so did you did you feel that made it more difficult for you to wear the niqab like how did that make you have second thoughts about wearing it at any point yeah yeah it did it did, it did. I mean the thing is that before, like, I couldn't really go and buy it because I was, like, in ninth grade. I didn't have any talking money or anything. Okay. So it all was, you know, on my mom, like, if she were to give me the money to buy it or not. So and she said no. She, I was, of, of course, quite, like, depressed. I was, like, asking God, like, like why 
against that wherever, you know, I'm trying to please you, but why are they against me? Or not, aren't they, you know, supposed to be Muslim? And those kind of thoughts. And then I was like, maybe it's something wrong with me. Like, you know what I mean? I started to kind of doubt myself and doubt that this was, like, was it part of the religion or was it something that, you know, was extreme? Or, you know, I started to doubt myself. I started to yeah. doubt the religion. I started to be so confused because I thought they were, like, aren't they Muslim? Aren't they supposed to, you know, encourage this kind of, you know, stuff? Like, I don't know. Alhamdulillah. So what make, what um, helped you to kind of, um, what make helped you to get reassured that, you know, it, it wasn't like, you know, something extreme or whatever? Like, what made you feel confident to actually do it? Apart from the sister that you saw, obviously. Was there anything else? Yeah, like before I even saw the situation during the summer, I started to watch a lot of uh, videos on Nakata sisters. Um, you know, just like how do you eat with it and people, you know, like doing like vlogs and whatnot. And mm -hmm. there was one special, specific video because I always, you know, my family, you know, the ones who were especially like, against it, they were always telling me like, you can't even live a normal life. Now you can't do a lot of stuff because you're like covered. And I saw one video, I don't know like the name of the channel, but she was quite talking like in Arabic in the of text in English. And she said like, oh, my sister, like, don't fear, you know, people and the judgment. You can still live a normal life and whatnot. And she showed me like her, like, you know, swimming and, you know, um, um, like jumping from a plane and doing all these kind of like activities. And I was like, wow, you know, and that made me think like, it's true. Like just a piece of, it's just a piece of cloth on your face. Like, yes, yeah. the meaning is big, but it's really just a piece of cloth on your face. Like it doesn't mean that you can't live your normal life. And that, that with other videos, like people, you know, obviously how to eat with it and they're you not know, speaking normally. And I was thinking, okay, this is just normal people. Like I will be the same person with like a piece of cloth on my face. So, you know, I, it kind of reassured me that this wasn't something that will take away my freedom or anything. That it was just, it was just something that would, if, if anything, enhance my freedom because now I see what real freedom is, you know, to always, to only be, um, you know, obedient to Allah and whatnot. Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah. So, um, what's life like in Sweden in general? I'm just trying to get a good idea because obviously I live in the UK. I've been born and raised here, and never been to Sweden. Um, and it's a country that I would like to visit because you know they've got Northern Lights and things like that. So, what is it like being a Muslim and living there? And also, I'd like to ask you, since the COVID and the lockdown, um, do you feel that um, it's more normal now for um? Do people kind of treat you treat differently towards sisters who are in a cup because they're also having to cover their face, or do you think it's there's still kind of, you know, a bit of a, a difference in how people are treating you? I mean, I believe that since the COVID, Alhamdulillah, it was so much um, better mm -hmm. because honestly, I'm so happy that COVID, I'm not happy that COVID happened because obviously a lot of people died and whatnot, mm -hmm. but I mean. Just like the, like, you know, the, with the fact that school got now online and people now wear masks. And when I, when I was in school, I, my iman was really like dropping low, like really, really low. Because, you know, except that other girl who was, you know, the publishers, yeah. she was like the much older than me. She was always, you know, gone. I didn't see her, you know. So I was alone and I didn't have any real friends there and all of them 
the friend, all of them were nice, nice in my school, but you know, they did like either smoke or drink or get hang out with boys, and I obviously don't want to do that. Mm. So my email was really, you know, really low, and I started, you know, crying, very difficult, like, please, I'm trying, like, I'm trying to, you know, like be obedient to you and, you know, always, you know, do things that you're pleased with, but it's so hard when I see all this fitness around me. And then COVID happened, and, you know, um, you know, you have to do online on school, and that gave me time to always, to also, you know, kind of replenish myself and just, yeah, just take it easy. Um, and also, you know, when I go out and, like, especially when I go to places like, like, like the inner city or when, when it's, like, less immigrants, yeah. um, which I'm used to, I, alhamdulillah, didn't see any, like, you know, comments or anything, because, you know, alhamdulillah, everyone is wearing a mask now, like, everyone's wearing a cup now, so, you know, there's no, yeah. like, yes, it's, it's, it's a difference, but no one's, no one was really, like, looking at me, you know, and that was quite a shock, because before, I, the least they would do was just, like, staring at me, and things out, but now, no, no one even looks, like, looks, looks to me, um, and alhamdulillah, and what was the, yeah, yeah, it's a good place to live. I mean, uh, the Swedish people are quite timid people. Like, there are two sides. There's one who's really, like, you know, talkative and will ask you so many questions. I think that you're, like, best friends with them. And then the other type of Swedish people that are really timid and don't, like, ever speak. So it depends on where you go. But from when I go to the like, city and whatnot, the Swedish people are not very, like, Confrontive people. Is that okay. Word? Yeah, confrontive. Yeah. And they're not. Yeah, there's not really like they, they won't like like in America maybe or in the UK they won't like stand in front of you or shout at you anything. It's something they're they're actually powered. Like they would say that comment, they walk by within like like fifty meters of, like a feet away from you. They would say they would say like a nasty comment. And it's not even like, oh, about your like, mom or anything like that. It's more just like, oh, you're so ugly. And they just like, run away. And I'm like, what? I didn't even hear what you said, you know? Yeah, so, so, yeah, so we're not like aggressive or anything. But I would say that most of the time, you just look at it and look away because they don't like comfort, that to be like comfortable or anything. Alhamdulillah. So apart from that, you, you wouldn't say, you would you say that you've experienced any kind of abuse for wearing the niqab? I mean... No, I'm, you know, I wasn't, I, I recently got a friend, you know, became a friend with a girl who also wears the makeup now, mm-hmm. and two times when we were, you know, walking outside, uh, one man said, like, oh my god, and just, like, started staring at us up and down, and another time, a man, you know, when he saw us, he said, like, oh, he was scared, it was, like, he's fine, we just need, like, oh, damn, or, like, or something like that, I don't know, so... We, we've got those kind of comments, but alhamdulillah, it was so, nothing like, you know, aggressive or, you know, physical or anything like that. But it, I could feel like they were, didn't want us there. And that was something that was obviously sad, but alhamdulillah, it was nothing really, like, dangerous. Alhamdulillah. So have you met any other um, sisters who'd like to wear the niqab in your community? But um, they may be not allowed to wear it, or have you ever met anybody who's been forced into wearing it? Um, alhamdulillah, I've never, the thing is that I just recently got a, you know, became a friend with a girl who started wearing it like me, mm-hmm. like out of her own choice. 
before that I didn't know anyone. I didn't have any like even Jibabi friends. I just had like my friends from, you know, third grade and you know, since I was small. Mm-hmm. None of them wear the they just wear the normal like scarf and pants and shirts and whatnot. So I didn't even have a friend who was Jilbab, so I don't know anyone in my community that was forced or, you know, isn't allowed. Um yeah. I don't know anyone. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. So have you done any travelling with it then? You you said you've been wearing it for almost a year or half a year, you said. Have you travelled anywhere apart from Stockholm area? Have you left the country with it? No, I've, no, actually not. I haven't travelled. Uh, the last time I travelled was maybe like a year ago or something, or mm-hmm. two years ago. So I haven't left the country with my niqab on. Uh, but, it, but it is something I'm you know preparing for. Again, I'm watching a lot of videos and uh, you know, sisters that are talking about it, like how to, like, you know, their experience and inshallah, um, you know, the next break, I will maybe visit my sister in England. She lives in the UK, my older sister. So I'll maybe visit visit her there, but I haven't really traveled with it on. Um, so yeah, I haven't traveled, but inshallah, I will. Inshallah. So what 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 are your kind of aspirations that you have? Like you're studying, obviously you're in school and stuff. What do you want to? What would you like to be when you get older? Like I don't have a specific job or you know, like thing I want to be in the future. But or I do want to be, you know, a person that studies the religion, of course. Mm-hmm. And you know, I want to be like, say, I want to be like. Uh, a religious teacher, like, you know, teach out the Quran and the, you know, Aqidah and Fiqh and all, and all that kind of stuff Inshallah. for other young girls. Because, you know, when I, you know, just modest in general, because when I started with Naqab, I didn't see, like, a lot of women scholars talking about it, mostly men. And even though, you know, they send, like, the message is more important than the messenger, it's mm-hmm. still, like, it didn't feel like that kind of connection. Like, it wasn't a woman to woman, it's like a man to black yeah. woman. And they, and I feel that they can't understand the struggle. It's just something easy for them. So when I, inshallah, want to grow up, I want to be like, you know, teach the religion to other young girls and make them, inshallah, fall in love with modesty because it's something that we all need, of course, to obey Allah. And, you know, I want to make that easy when we build a kind of connection with them, inshallah. Inshallah. So at the moment, in, um, how easy is it for, to learn Islam where you live? I mean... I have, since my community is like uh, mostly Muslims, like Turks, Arab, and Somali, and whatnot, you know, the neighboring, like the, like the, uh, the, the hood, you know, like kind of the hood. Neighborhood, and yeah. The neighboring, yeah, neighborhood. And the, you know, the one closest to us um, has, you know, like a place where the different activities, you know, sometimes there are like hoodbuck there, and they even have it online, so I can watch it from home. But alhamdulillah, I have, yeah. So I have, you know, outlets that I can watch, you know, you know, from the from the phone and from the computer and um, Swedish and all. I have it, but it's not some. It's not like maybe in the UK where I can go to a place, sit there, and just you know, like, um, you know, um, learn everything at first hand. It's harder, but you know, it still works. Alhamdulillah. alhamdulillah. 
Alhamdulillah. I think it's at the end of the day, it's the effort that makes a difference, and everyone's having to do things online now as well, with you know, with the lockdown and everything. So Alhamdulillah. Inshallah. So, sister, um, what would your advice to others give? What advice would you give to other sisters who are, you know, young like you? Because you're, you're only seventeen, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, what advice would you give to other girls your age, or even other sisters who are older than you? Um, who would like to wear the niqab, but they're kind of thinking about it and contemplating at the moment. What do you advise them? I mean, like since because I wore it when I was sixteen, I, I, I you know I was I was when I started wearing it, I was sixteen, and I you know obviously became seventeen while I was wearing it. Because I started wearing it when I was sixteen, you know people may think you know around in your family or friends and whatnot they may think that you're too young. But tell them that is you're never too young to worship Allah. You know, as long as you're, you know, an adult in Islam, you have to do everything to, you know, uh, be obedient to Allah and make him pleased. And his pleasure is much more um, important, much more uh, valuable than the people. Of course, you should try your best to listen to your father, listen to your mother. But if he goes against Allah, then, you know, tell them that this is something that Allah would, would want you would want from you and it's something that Allah makes for you. Like even I when I started wearing it, of course I, I couldn't wear it because my mom didn't let me in and you know all that. But I and also make a lot of du'a because if Allah has willed something, no one could come if Allah has willed something and planned something, no one could come in, you know, in between that. Doesn't matter if your mother, if she's the Queen of England so cousin it doesn't really matter because my mom didn't let me and I made a lot of dua and cried to Allah is something that pleases you and make it easy to wear it and then alhamdulillah one time I asked her can I wear it she was like okay just you know just randomly she let me wear it so make a lot of dua and have trust in Allah and it, because you know in your heart and you know that it's something that isn't haram it's something that a lot of people have abandoned it's something that Allah loves and if it's something that Allah loves, why would Allah not make it easy for you to wear it? You know, if it's something that pleases Him, He will, of course, make it easy for you. Just have a lot of patience as well, because you get a lot of reward of the patience. And, you know, and be also that because you're doing something that a lot of people, even the Muslims, sadly, are, you know, not used to, you have to be, you know, you have to be um, ready to be alone, uh, to not maybe have friends that you can also wear the niqab with you, and you have to always, um, um, a lot of the time, be alone and just, you know, not, you know, just protect yourself from the people around you, you know. And I would say that that is also a good thing because then you have the chance to reflect upon your relationship with Allah and make that stronger, inshallah, and make a lot of dua, honestly. So, you know, to summarize, make a lot of dua, have patience, you know, try to look at videos on before, don't do the same thing as me and just like jump right into it because, you know, there's a lot of things, you know, you have to know about how to eat with it and how to, you know, maybe that's the right one for you because when I first wore the, I have worn this, this two times now. First, when I wore it, I took it off because it wasn't really niqab for me, like it was really uncomfortable, I got headaches. Mm -hmm. The second time now, I've, I've worn that for like six months. So I would say invest in a really good niqab. Mm -hmm. 
uh, have knowledge about it, why would you wear it? And you know, why is it? Why do you feel like something? This is something for you. And then have patience and make a lot of. I would say, yeah. Alhamdulillah. So, um, it's just I just want to pick up a couple of the well, the point that you just mentioned about the niqab, um, when the first one that you started wearing you got a headache from wearing it um was it due to the fabric or maybe the way you was wearing it like what was what what's the difference between that one and the one that you're wearing now i mean the ones that i wear now are like from the online so they're like really like high quality but my first one was like locally i bought it from local and now when i look at it the the the, the strings that you you know tie behind your back are not able are not even you know the same length Okay. So it was so you know so it wasn't really uh, comfortable. It was always like um like squeeze like squeegee like my eyes were always like you know tight and it hurt and okay. I got headaches. So I would, it was because it wasn't a good quality. Mm-hmm. Poorly made. So that's why. But I would say invest in a good niqab also and have knowledge about you know why would you wear niqab and have the eye and patience. Alhamdulillah. So just to end the interview, sister, I'll ask you, what does the niqab mean to you? I mean, the niqab, alhamdulillah, mean a lot to me because, you know, the, the obvious reason is because it's, it's a protection, it's a barrier between um, me and other sins. And, you know, every time I, may, I, I, I go to the you know, toilet and, may like, and see myself, I, you know, get reminded like when I was in school and I was, my iman was really low, whenever I wanted, you know, like pick up my iman and get really strong, I would go and look at me and myself. I remember why I was wearing it. Mm-hmm. So it reminds me every time about the religion and every time about Allah's pleasure. And, you know, and yeah, it, it's, you know, it protects me and I feel happy when I wear it. Also, it also reminds me of, like before my dad passed away, I was, 13, so that's when the religion started to become obligatory for me. It was always telling me to pray or to cover up. I was always covered up. I, I always had that hijab and loose pants, but it wasn't really for the religious for I I just like, you know, loose things. And, you know, he always told me to, you know, to be more covered, to be more, you know, to be more modest and pray and read the Quran and whatnot. So, I, so I'm thinking like, from there, when he was alive, when I was kind of like not listening to him and not practicing, from him passing away, you know, to now being as practicing as I am, I feel like he would be, you know, proud of me. So I remember like every time if I want to take it off or something that, you know, first of all, this is something for Allah and, you know, he, you're making him pleased with you. And this is also something if my dad was alive, he would also be pleased and happy with me. So. It reminds me every time that why you know why I'm wearing it, and and it just like, it just makes my life so much easier as well. There's a mind in environment protection. Alhamdulillah. 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 I pray that Allah make it easy for you to become somebody who's knowledgeable in His religion, and to be able to share that share that knowledge with others and teach others. Inshallah. Inshallah. Thank you. Jazakallah khair, sister, for joining us. That I've really benefited from listening to your experience and mashallah I really um, admire you for being at such a young age and making this step to wear the niqab and have that kind of courage and being bold and brave to wear it when nobody else in your community is really even wearing it you know it's just to be that one person 
and yeah you said you've got that friend but you know you don't see her that often as well so alhamdulillah it's really mashallah commendable yeah um yeah it's um before i even was you know wearing it because i didn't have of course like friends in my age or people in my age wearing it before i didn't start wearing it i of course made a lot of dua like like, is this something that you really want me to wear? Because uh, that's oh, something that I, I forgot to say. This is something that I, when I was getting like torn be, um, because of my family, you know, telling me like, oh, this is not part of religion and whatnot, I was start discouraged. And, uh, and I prayed to Allah because that's, you know, that's the only person that actually matters. And, you know, I said like, is this something that really pleases you? Is this something that you really want me to wear? Give me a sign that I cannot, you know, make an excuse for like a sign right from my face telling me mm-hmm. you want me to wear it, you know. And if you do that I will, you know, I don't care what anyone else, I will I will wear it. And, you know, when where 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 I'm living at that time I never I always, you know, go out but I never saw a niqabi like older, you know, I I always I never saw like a niqabi person. Maybe like one or twice but I never saw them like you know, a lot. And that day when I went out, my mom, I think she told me to like, go buy milk or something. I went out and I subhanAllah, like, I almost started crying, crying. I saw so many niqabis that day, like in front of me, say, Salaam alaikum, or around me. I don't even know, I don't even know where they came from, really. Like, because before I maybe, I'm thinking, I'm even saying maybe, I saw like one or twice, but it never, it was never like close to me. But now I saw like these. It was, it was obviously mostly older people, older women, but it's still like a lot of niqabis like in every shop. And I was like, what? Where are they coming from, you know? Yeah, mashallah. Yeah, and when I, when I came home, since I'm like quite, you know, slow in my, like my I'm like quite a slow person. When I went home, I, you know, am I, you know, I you know, put the milk away or whatnot. I, I tried to, you know, fix what happened. And I remember when I made the dua to Allah, like, make it like a sign that I cannot make an excuse for it. Like just a lot of people just coming out wearing the club. Like I just saw like 10 people, 20 people that day and I was like, what? Allah. So, that, so that's when I was like, I'm going to wear it. Like, I, don't, I don't care when. And I started and asked my mom and she just said, yes, that was really weird to me because before she was really like, you know, you know, against it and really verbal against it. But now she was like, okay. And I was like, what? Alhamdulillah. Yeah. Alhamdulillah. That's amazing. Mashallah. Mashallah. Jazakallah khair, sister, for joining us and Thank sharing you. your amazing insights. Alhamdulillah. Barakallah khaykum. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum assalamu wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.